reading great books changed my life, and it most certainly can change yours too. There's something magical about reading a great book that inspires action, change, growth, and evolution. And there is something even greater that takes place when reading becomes part of your everyday routine. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 408, The Simple Habit to Boost Your Career and Potential with Jeff Brown. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guest today is an award-winning broadcaster, award-nominated podcaster, consultant, teacher, public speaker, and now co-author of Read to Lead. He launched his podcast, also called Read to Lead, right as the 5 a.m. miracle began, and the two of us have been colleagues and friends ever since. And now here is my interview with Jeff Brown. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I am thrilled, and I mean that, to be here. It's always good to have two Jeffs on a podcast, so I'm excited <laughs> to uh, to dig into that. Um, but let's start with the first uh, component of this interview, which is that you have not been on this podcast for, since 2015, so mm. it's been about six years, wow. which I, oftentimes when I have a repeat guest, I'll ask them what they've been up to in the last time period, which for you, that's a long time, but mm. I'm still curious what have you been up to in the last six years? Gosh, yeah. I've uh, done some things for the first time. I, I had a virtual summit that I put together a couple of years ago, which was a lot of fun, called the Boss Free Virtual Summit, which uh, you know all about because you were a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and more recently, in the last couple of years, and it's hard to believe that the process has gone on that long, but I've been working on a book, first talking about a book, then getting an agent, and then getting somebody to agree to publish it and then writing the book and 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 now in the process of marketing and pre-promoting the book obviously that's one of the reasons why I'm here today uh and looking forward to it actually uh publishing and so that process has literally been a two-year process yeah well it's a, it's a long time coming for you and I know it's been you know a big kind of bucket list goal for you because <laughs> you have a podcast called Read to Lead and now a book with that same title and so that's what today is all about so I want to get to the book which once again is called Read to Lead the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career uh, this has been uh, for me coming from the personal development side of things has been a really essential habit for me since day one. I would argue that actually reading is what got me started in everything that I do today. So that was kind of where my kind of career t- uh, kicked off right after college. And so I want to hear from you kind of when did your kind of reading habit begin or when did you have that epiphany, that aha moment where you said, you know, reading is essential and this is a, a big deal. Yeah, for me, that was a a memorable moment. It was uh, in 2003 and uh, backtracked just about 10 years before that in my early 20s on into my early 30s. I didn't read at all. I left school not wanting to read or really not wanting to learn anymore. I left school thinking, well, the learning is over. Yay. You know, I don't have to do that (laughs) anymore because for me, the experience of school, and this is not to uh, meant to uh, undermine teachers. Teachers are awesome. My sister's a teacher. They're great. Um, but for me, the school experience was, was doing a lot of things I didn't enjoy doing and reading a lot of things I didn't enjoy reading and couldn't wait for that to, to be over. And so those things, learning and reading, were two things I didn't do for the better part of a decade. But uh, I found myself in early 2003 working at a radio station that was 
turned out to be the, the best experience for my radio career and where I spent half my career, the entire second half of my radio career. And I had a boss, wonderful guy named Matt Austin, who the book is, is in part dedicated to, along with an author he introduced me to, a guy by the name of Seth Godin. The book was Purple Cow. And it was kind of like, you know, when the student is ready, the, 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 the teacher will appear kind of a thing. I think that's how the saying goes. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, the planets and stars were aligned. And in that particular book, and then a few that immediately followed from Jim Collins and John Maxwell and Pat Lincioni and Liz Weissman, just met me where I was at. And, and I, I realized, and this is, sounds silly and almost embarrassing to admit, but I realized, oh, wait, there's books out there <laughs> about topics I'm interested in, and I can read them and enjoy it. <laughs> it was just like this, oh wow. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> no, I think that's that's not a surprising epiphany because I've had the same exact, you know, feeling over the years where, you know, I have a problem in my life or something I want to to tackle, a goal I want to achieve and the solution is literally like right there, like in chapters, ready for me to consume, <laughs> which is kind of a it's not too surprising because that's what I think a lot of people just don't have that the habit of reading. I don't have that epiphany to realize this is an important thing. Mm. So let's get to that component of, of what it means to read. I guess we'll kind of back up a little bit. The book is called Read to Lead. And so there's an, an element here of leadership. Mm. How does the, I guess, the reading habit or this idea of consuming content from authors, how does that play into your career, into leadership, into that component of wanting to expand your horizons professionally? Yeah, well, I can start with my own personal experience. I found immediately, and everybody I've talked to who makes this a habit, you know, you included, shares a similar experience. Uh, and, and that experience for me was as I began to read more and more and begin executing on ideas and things I was reading about and things I wanted to try, some of those things worked, some of those things didn't. The things that didn't work were quickly forgotten, oddly enough. The things that did work got me noticed and got me promoted and presented for me opportunities to do things I fully believe I would not have otherwise had the opportunity to do. Um, I was, uh, at this time, uh, going back to the you know, 2003, 2008-ish time frame, one of the things I was reading a lot about was social media and social media marketing. This was new at the time. And how does this impact our radio station and our industry? And what are we going to do with these tools? I was one of the only people I'm aware of in our entire nationwide organization that was teaching himself about this stuff and implementing on it. And as I did, some things were, were starting to work. And I began, uh, began getting asked questions about that. And so that led to me being asked to present to different factions within the company about what I was learning and you know, the entire sales team across the country about how they could use these tools and the entire programming team and invited to different, you know, the, the executive uh, yearly meeting to present to them and then asked by the president to help him craft his own presentation uh, to the world about his vision for the next 10 years. For the, uh, you know, all these things began happening and, I, and it all ties back, I believe, to the books that I was reading. That meant that these opportunities, I believe, would not have otherwise happened had it not been for that, that lifelong learning mindset that I had started to adopt. So along those lines in terms of, of wanting to learn, are most of the books you're leaning on nonfiction books that are directly tied to your career? Or how do you choose like which genre to choose or which type of book to pick? Like obviously there's you know a lot of books out there. So it, it can seem, I mean, pretty daunting to, to ask that question, like which book should I read next? Like <laughs> how do you go about making those choices? Yeah, there's a place for fiction, uh, certainly. And I think uh, one of the great things about fiction is I think fiction can help 
foster creativity like nothing else. I spend most of my time, though, personally reading uh, business books, personal development books, books on mindset, sales and marketing, entrepreneurship, you know, leadership, those types of things. I think you simply just need to ask yourself, um, what interests you? Who interests you? Uh, what are some things you'd like to learn about? What are some people you'd like to learn about? Uh, who do you admire? Uh, what companies do you admire? Ask some of those types of questions and then let that inform uh, the books you're going to, to, to start with. Because if you start with things and people and places and companies and industries and that sort of thing that interests you, you're never going to be bored. I think that is just going to sort of feed itself. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become its own little monster, I have to admit. <laughs> One of the biggest, <laughs> biggest complaints I get from people who listen to my show is the money they end up spending on books, which is, to me, at the same time, a great compliment, right? Yes. That's the whole point of the show is to get more noses and more books. And so I think as you do this, your interests will begin to expand and, and sort of uh, shoot off. Like, like the, the book you start with is going to be the hub, and suddenly you're going to have these little spokes uh, of interest coming off that hub that are going to direct you into different areas and new disciplines and, and new ideas. And the beauty of that is, is you get to a place where you, you read about one thing and then over here you read about another thing and you, you realize I can combine these two things and make a new thing. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's often how companies are started. Well, that's how books themselves get written. I mean, that's yeah. essentially where my two books came from was this idea that I had read enough other content and listened to other podcasts and you know, I was learning so much. I can mm. then combine that with my own personal experience and create my own thing, which I feel like when you're thinking about ways to enhance, I mean, I know from my personal experience, if I want to be a better content creator, a better you know entrepreneur, a better, I mean, better husband, better father, mm. reading has been essential to all of those components. And it's yes. interesting that that, that connection um, there's one thing I was thinking of when you were talking just now about kind of the habit of reading that you know just recently I went to the doctor's office and I brought a book with me to mm. to read while I was waiting for the, the appointment and it was the first time I'd done that in years and everyone else in the waiting room had their phone out you know they're looking at Facebook or whatever <laughs> and I was reading this book and thinking this is such a better use of my time like I don't know why I didn't realize that, that simplicity of saying, like, if this habit is ingrained in me where I have a book with me, I can read it wherever I'm going, that that is such a more refreshing way to spend, you know, 20 minutes of my time than just scrolling through social media. Um, how have you found, I guess, the habit of reading to be ingrained into your lifestyle, your daily habits? Like, how does that come about in terms of ensuring that you read as often as you'd like to? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, for me, it starts with scheduling my reading time. Uh, the first thing I say to people when they tell me they, they're struggling to find time to read, I ask them, are you scheduling time to read? And often the answer is no, or they look at me like I'm crazy, like you actually do that? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm, a, I'm a, a big believer in, as Michael Hyatt says, what gets scheduled gets done. And so you know, I, I create an ideal week. That's how my week begins. And do I hit that most weeks? Uh, honestly, no. But uh, again, as Michael says, you're definitely not going to hit it if you haven't identified what it first looks like. And so I start with that and actually schedule and set aside time to read. Those times are protected, just like any other appointment or meeting I might have. And so, uh, you know, we often, what we often do, I think, when people ask for our time, when people come to us looking for, for our, our experiences or, or time with us to do whatever, uh, oftentimes our default answer is yes. And if we say no, we feel like we have to defend that no. Uh, uh, Garland Vance talks about uh, uh, this in his uh, recent book. I think you've had Garland on the show, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I have. Um, but he, he talks about it and argues that we need to default 
to know. And if we're going to say yes, defend our yes to ourselves. And I think a scheduling reading time helps you to do that. Because if someone asks for your time and happens to conflict with time you've set aside to read, you can say, you know, I've got an appointment at that time. Can we choose a different time? An appointment with yourself is just as important as an appointment you might have with, with somebody else. So that's the first thing I would say about about finding time to read. I would also suggest, and I know you're a fan of this, is to examine your environment. I have a reading chair behind me that I sit in when I read. I connect with an app like uh, uh, the um, Free to Focus app or uh, Adagio, which is a classical music app that allows you to select classical music based on your mood. And I'll put on my noise-canceling headphones and you know, be really uh, specific and particular about my environment so I can be fully focused. Um, and then I share what I'm learning as I read on social media and, and ask for feedback. And what that does is create a conversation. And if there's anything I love about reading books, it's having conversations about those books. That's why I started the podcast. And I love uh, that conversation on social media. And what that will do, you'll find, is that will spur you on to want to read and discuss what you're learning even more. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's really powerful how that works, too. I know that when I <laughs> have read and then discussed it, it just it brings the book to life in a way that yeah. nothing else can. I, I, yeah, I think that well, it's, it's amazing that you decided to take 
just the reading habit itself and turn it into an entire brand with your podcast <laughs> and, the, and the work that you're doing because it seems once again like so simple but yet we, we don't do it which is interesting <laughs> and to that degree um I'm curious as to how many books you are are attempting to read every year, because I know a lot of people like to say, "Well, I read 100 books last year," which sounds yeah. kind of you know impressive. But at the same time, if it's part of your life, that could make sense. So, are you do you have a target number of books to read, or are you just reading based upon what you know a time frame that fits well for you? Yeah, I'm generally reading, and I've done this for quite a long time. I, I'm generally reading about a book a week, uh, so about 52 books a year. Now, that has turned into, over the years, um, by and large, every book I'm reading is an author I'm interviewing, uh, for the most part, uh, these days. Uh, but I do manage to squeeze in a few additional books throughout the year. So it might actually come out to around 60 if I were to add those in. Uh, but it's rare that I'm reading more than one book at a time. I try not to do that. I don't uh, you know, uh, suggest against that necessarily for someone doing that. But I try personally not to read more than one book at a time if I can avoid it. But there's those handful of books each year that I'm reading in addition to those folks who I'm interviewing about uh, their books. And so uh, occasionally I will be reading you know, a couple at the same time. But for me, it's, you know, it, compared to those people that you're talking about who, and I, and I know some of those people who read 150 books or whatever a year, I'm like, I have no clue <laughs> how you're doing that and, and getting uh, you know, anything out of it. Um, I mean, and not to, 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 to disparage those folks, uh, you know, you do you. Uh, but to me, there's, there's a limit, you know. And so for me, personally, that limit is about a book a week. And I, I don't really have a desire to read any more often than that. Maybe for you, um, you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, gosh, I just love to read a book a month. Well, that's where I started. Actually, it was a book a quarter. And my goal was to work my way up to a book a month. And, and if you can read, you know, five pages in the morning and five pages in the evening, let's say, 10 pages a day, you can finish most nonfiction books easily over the course of, if you just do that Monday through Friday over the course of a month. Uh, and so that's where I would start. If you're looking to set a, 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 a reasonable reading goal, try a book a month and, and go from there. Yeah, when I first got your book, I was I was skimming through it, and I landed on a chapter about skimming and about this advice on how to read less. And I was like, well, "That's perfect. I'll just skim Jeff's book and not read it at all," uh, which is I think fit perfectly. Um, no, I mean, to, be, to be honest, it's it's one of those cases where I think skimming has a ton of value depending on the kind of book you want to read. Um, do you find yourself doing that to figure out like if this is a book you want to read fully, or, or do you just commit to reading the whole book when you start? I, I definitely do that when I want to decide if it's a book I want to commit to fully. That's a great way uh, to put it. I get pitched a lot of books, uh, no surprise there, I'm sure. And so sometimes that decision-making process uh, is made through skimming. And so I'll read the table of contents. I'll use that to determine, well, where in the book do I want to start? Because in most nonfiction books, as you know, you don't necessarily have to start with chapter one all the time. You can start with a chapter uh, whose title intrigues you. And I'll go to that chapter and I'll start reading the headings and the subheadings and kind of getting an idea of what it is the, the author is trying to convey. And then I'll go back to the beginning of that chapter and I'll read the first sentence and the last sentence of each paragraph. And that will give me the meat of what's in that paragraph most times. Our book is designed with that in mind. Our book is designed to be the kind of book uh, or, or include the things that the books that we've enjoyed over the years have in them. And that's, that's one of those things. Um, another thing would be the... Um, uh, the over to you section at the end of the chapter, uh, the books recommended at the end of the chapter, the epigraphs, the quotes 
at the beginning of each chapter that kind of sum up what the chapter is about. Those are all things that we enjoy about books and we wanted to make sure was in our book. But yes, it is designed that you can skim it and still get a lot out of it. You know, some of the books that I read that I tend to enjoy the most, I know are ones that I'm taking a ton of notes on as I'm reading, I'm highlighting things, I'm taking you know, my own notes on the side. Is that how you read books also? Are you more of someone who wants to like, consume the whole thing at once kind of as, as, a, as a whole? Because I feel like the more engaged I am in a book, the more I get out of it. So that's just kind of my style over the years. And I feel like that for me is when a book really grabs me. Yeah, I have found, uh, I very much was a person for years who would take notes as I went along. And I have found that to increase my comprehension, my understanding, and my retention, my ability to remember what I read, something that's really worked for me and is talked about in the book a a bit is uh, forcing myself, uh, if you will, to read an entire section or even an entire chapter optimally and just allow myself to make simple markings like a star or, or an underline or a quick highlight to something that I want to come back to. Maybe a question mark for something that I'm not sure I understand, or maybe it's something I'm not sure I agree with. And a, a cue for, let's say, a, a quote uh, that I think is rather pithy and something that I want to remember maybe for a future talk or something. And just limit myself to doing those things so that all I'm doing for a set, let's say a Pomodoro technique type of thing, I'm just reading for 25 minutes or I'm just reading for 50 minutes. Then I'll break, then I'll come back, and now I'll just take notes on what I read. And separating those two out, I have found, has increased my retention and my comprehension. So uh, that's something that I think more people should try. Something else that I have done more recently in the last two or three years that has been um, uh, really uh, life-changing for me with regard to how, uh, how many books I read or how how quickly, I should say, I can get through a book. That is combining two mediums, taking, I don't know if you've ever done this, but taking the physical book or the ebook and following along as the author or the voiceover person reads it to me on high speed. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like a speed reading cheat. You know, uh, there's this thing called subvocalization that we talk about in the book. You know, when we're young, we're taught to sound words out loud and to read aloud, and that's great. But oftentimes as adults, and I tend to do this, is as I'm reading silently to myself, I'm sounding out every single word in my head. And that can really slow the process down and make it a drag, right? A slog just to get through a book if you're, if you're not careful. And so what I like to do, I, I first did this with Brandon, uh, Brendan Burchard's book, uh, High Performance Habits. And so Brendan reads his book, and I, I, I had the audio book. I put it on like 1.5 speed or 1.75 or something like that because we can – listen and comprehend far faster than we can, can, can read typically. And so he's on high speed, and I'm following along in the physical book. And that kind of forces you to do that thing I was talking about earlier, where all you have time to do is make these quick little markings that you then come back later and take uh, full notes on. That, the act of combining those two mediums helps me get through a book faster. Uh, and uh, again, it, it speaks to, for me at least, comprehension and retention increases. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love the idea of combining those mediums. I feel like that would be, yeah, a really good, almost like accountability technique as well to say like mm-hmm. when you sit down to read, like you're, you started almost like, you know, a movie has begun playing and like, here we go. <laughs> and it feels like that's kind of part of that, that flow. Um, recently I was listening to an audio book uh, that, that had a lot of like medical terminology and technical terms. It was a really like complicated book in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I remember like listening to it thinking I would never have read this book physically. I would mm-hmm. listen to it because that's the only 
only way I would, I would get through <laughs> this challenging, you know, text. Where do you find this role of audiobooks versus versus reading a book? I mean, is listening to an audiobook as valuable for you, or do you have to combine them, or do you you know prefer the physical you know paperback? Like, where do you stand in terms of the mediums and, and how you choose a book to consume? I certainly personally prefer a physical copy over an ebook or an audiobook. I like having it in my hands. I like the feeling of flipping through the pages. There's a spatial relationship with the book. There's a left side and a right side. That you know that doesn't exist with an ebook or an audiobook. That just something about how my brain you know uh, retains what I read that helps me uh, in reading a physical book. Uh, that said, you know there were times in my life, and this certainly may be uh, for anyone listening, where my only option was audiobooks. I leveraged a commute uh, to work uh, and back every day to listen uh, to books. Um, uh, I was traveling once recently and I was listening to a podcast and the podcaster recommended a book. Well, the first thing I did because I was traveling is I downloaded the audiobook so I could listen to it on the plane. Hmm. Uh, then I went actually later for that particular book and bought a physical copy of the book and reread it using that technique I, I mentioned earlier, listening to the author while I follow along. But yeah, I think depending on you know where you're at in life or your situation, um, I believe that you know listening to a book is no less valuable uh, than reading a physical book or an ebook, um, you know, some people uh, I've heard some people say, "Well, I didn't actually read it; I listened to it." Well, don't don't discount that. That's still time well spent. Now, it can be more difficult. It can be tougher, I think, uh, to retain what you're reading or to then go and maybe execute on something that you've read. Um, and so, you want to keep that in mind. But also remember too that um, depending on where you are in life, it's not necessary necessarily to uh, have to execute uh, five things or whatever on every book you read. Sometimes you're just going to read for how it impacts your thinking, right? And that's mm. all that's necessary. Sometimes that's all you're doing is reading a book for how it impacts how you see this particular topic or the world. And there's nothing necessarily to go and do after you finish. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply.
you know, as a guy that loves productivity, that's kind of hard to hear because I'm thinking like <laughs> there's so much I want to take action on. But I, I totally see your point. I think that there's a lot to be said about kind of the value of the book for you. Like what is what does yeah. it mean for you to take away from? And, you know, obviously I'm the kind of guy that once said, you know, where's the action step here? What, where's the next <laughs> checklist here? Um, which is obviously, you know, that's, you know, practical and helpful. But I think that there is a lot to be said about just enjoying a book for what it is and just like yeah. letting that be all that it has to be, which is, you know, powerful by itself. Um, along the same lines, like, are there any specific books you have read that stand out as some of your your top favorite books? I mean, obviously, this question you get a million times, I'm sure, <laughs> but I, I still want to ask the question because I still want to know the answer. So yeah. are there books for you that have been transformative or ones that really pivoted your career or ones that really said, like, you know, this was a big deal for me? Yeah, more recently, a couple that stand out that are in the same category uh, of books, and I think you've probably read both of these and enjoyed them, and that's Atomic Habits by James Clear mm-hmm. and Tiny Habits by Dr. Uh, B.J. Fogg. I, I actually found Fogg's book one uh, that was more actionable, honestly, uh, but I liked them both tremendously. In fact, a mastermind group uh, that I'm in right now is going through the Tiny Habits uh, book, just very, very practical book. So those two, uh, to me, were transformative, and um, uh, I actually created a course for those who pre-order the book that goes along with helping you implement what's in the book. And one of the things I talk about in that course is, uh, with with regard to starting a reading habit, is to make it tiny. Maybe for you, you know, it starts with just uh, your, your goal is to just sit down with your morning cup of coffee and open the book to the first page, and you're done. <laughs> it can be it can be that tiny, and then celebrate that, like like Fog talks about. Um, but those two books have been transformative uh, for me historically. Books like uh, Liz Weissman's uh, Multipliers, How the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smarter. Uh, Seth Godin's work as a whole, starting with Purple Cow and then on to Lynchpins and Tribes and his more recent uh, work, The Practice and This is Marketing. I, I, I order and read anything he writes, sight and scene. Hmm. I have that much you know, uh, respect for him. John Maxwell's work. Uh, Pat Lincioni's books. I've read a number of his books. Um, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team um, is, is one that stands out. Uh, and then Jim Collins' Good to Great. So those are all books that that I have been moved by, that I have been uh, impacted by, uh, both historically and then more recently. It's the habit books, it seems, more recently that I've kind of gravitated to, habits and and then also books on on mindset. Mm, yeah, those are powerful. Uh, you mentioned this idea of, of a mastermind group earlier, and I'm curious in terms of kind of the role of maybe a mastermind group, a book club, a course, like all these extra ways to engage with a book. Have you found that those types of experiences like are are better for you, or do you prefer just to read a book and consume it by yourself? I, I think it's obviously there's a different kind of you know atmosphere around the book if you're with other people. So have you found one of those methods to be better or, or worse for you? For me, I definitely like talking with people about the book I'm reading. And that was that's another tip. I didn't mention it previously, but if you're struggling to develop a reading habit, find one other person, if nothing else, who is willing to read that book along with you and plan a time each week where the two of you get together and discuss it. And that's going to help keep you accountable uh, to the reading and and probably get more out of the book because you've got a date with somebody every week who's going to talk with you about it and about what you're going to do with that information. And so I definitely think that's a huge help. I've been a part of numerous book clubs, both in the work environment, traditional work environment, and then as, as a member of a mastermind, as I mentioned a moment ago. And then also I, you know, I had my own book club uh, connected to the podcast for a number of years. 
Um, I, I, I shuttered that at the beginning of 2020 to make room for more public speaking and in-person workshops. And we all know how that turned out. <laughs> but, That's uh, rough. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, yeah. Big mistake there. But um, yeah, to me, uh, having a person or people to, to talk about books with is such an enjoyable process. Maybe even if you're uh, looking to better synthesize uh, a book, consider teaching from the book. That's another great way to execute on what you're learning, to retain and comprehend what you're learning. Maybe that's to that one other person. Maybe that's more formally in a meeting or as part of a book club. Or maybe that's in a, a presentation to your local you know, chamber of commerce or what have you. So I think anytime conversations can happen around books, that's always a good thing, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I like the idea of accountability. Uh, if, if it's not a habit you already have ingrained, I know one thing I used to do, even for, for this podcast, was I would I would announce the episode for the, the following week at the end of the episode for this week, <laughs> and I would announce topics on things I didn't even know if I knew about yet, and just to force <laughs> myself to go learn it and then produce it. And the same it. thing was true with books. I would say, well, I'm going to discuss this book next week, one that I hadn't even purchased yet, let alone read. <laughs> so I had to go buy it, read it, make an episode, and produce it. I feel like sometimes that level accountability is really great and really forces you to take action. And I think that and, you know, when it comes to reading, it's so valuable anyway. It's like once you're in that mode of doing it, like I it's it's I love it and I want to do more of it. So I think it's just for me, it's breaking that wall down to say, let's just make this part of my life. Mm, yeah. I, I mastermind groups and the reading I've done within mastermind groups and my book club that I did was kind of like a mastermind book club, if you will, uh, was great for accountability, not with just with the reading that we wanted to accomplish, but with the other things I've, I've, I've done so many things as a result of reading and being a part of mastermind groups together. So Jeff, what did we not cover about the book this week that you want to discuss? Cause I feel like there is a lot to say about reading, but I want to make sure we get all of it in today. Well, thank you for asking that, Jeff. Um, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, okay, it's a book about reading. That's kind of meta. Um, I already read. I'm not convinced You know that's something I need to do. The book is more than that. The first section, part one, makes the argument for why this needs to be a habit, why your career depends on that. And so if that's not something you're convinced of, start there. But if you're already convinced of that, you know, jump to part two, where we talk about the books you need to read based on you know, where you are in your career and what it is you want to accomplish. And then part three is all about the smarter ways to read books. We've talked about some of those things today how to read a book in less time, how to absorb a book into your bloodstream, if you will, the key to nearly mastering anything, those types of, of topics. And so I, I encourage everyone to get it. <laughs> and if it's not for you, I'm pretty sure there's probably a plethora of people uh, in your sphere of influence who it is for. And so think about those people, if not yourself. That is wonderful advice. I love that. And so where can they get a copy of the book and learn more from you? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this episode is being published the day before uh, the book comes out. That's correct. Um, that means today is the last day, if you're hearing this on August 30th, uh, that you can pre-order the book. Um, now, if it's not August 30th, don't fret. You can go to readtoleadbook.com. You can kick the tires. You can uh, read the intro and the first chapter for free and then make a decision as to whether or not it's a book for you. But if today is August 30th when you're hearing this, it's the last day to get the book for 40% off, and it's the last day to spend just 11 bucks on a book and get $500 in free stuff that comes along with it. That course I mentioned, you get the audio book. A lot of folks have asked me about 
the audiobook. I say, I'm, I tell them, don't now, at least now, don't buy the audiobook. Buy the physical book and get the audiobook for free. <laughs> Give the physical book away if you want to. Uh, but the audiobook is free when you do that. And again, it's 40% off through the end of the day, August 30th. After that, it is the regular price. Uh, but again, you can download that first chapter in the introduction if you want to kick the tires first at readtoleadbook.com. I have one final question, which I just thought of, which is that <laughs> I have had so many books that you know come through my house in the last few years <laughs> that I have had to figure out where to put all of these things. And mm. many of them I've given away. Um, some I've, I've you know given to Goodwill or, or to friends. And what do you do with the, all of your books? Are you storing them? Or do you have a massive library in your house? Like I'm curious as to you know if someone is going to be a lifelong reader, this is going to be a problem you're going to have to figure out at some <laughs> point. So you know, what do you do there? And my wife uh, pushed me to get a Kindle uh, two or three years ago, and I only honestly use it when uh, I'm uh, given a book in no other format. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if I'm going to interview an author and the only thing they can provide me is a PDF, then I'll read it on my, my Kindle. Uh, but that's the only time I use it. Um, and, and the whole idea of her pressing me to get that was to begin consolidating and saving some room because we were beginning to bust at the seams with regard to books. So I, I know all that you know, that feeling, and especially the last eight years, uh, having done the show that, I, that I've done. It's really uh, just recently I've had to pack a bunch of them up. And what I did was, was donate a bunch of them to my local library, who I know turns around and then offers uh, these days where people can come in and get you know, a bag full of books for a dollar. And that money goes back into the public library and helps support them. And so that's, that's what I've started to do recently with the extra books. But I think, I think I'm always going to prefer physical books. And so that just means every so often I'm going to have to have a, a major uh, purge and give some of those away, as you said, or donate them to Goodwill or my local library. Excellent. Yes, I, I feel like a, a home library is, is excellent, but uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a minimalist sometimes. I kind of fight <laughs> the urge to you know be a maximalist with books and then a minimalist in some other ways. It's right. it's complicated, but <laughs> I try to figure it out some way. Uh, Jeff Brown, this has been amazing. I'm, I'm super excited for your book, and I, I'm definitely a fan of reading. I hope that everyone listening today gets a copy because this is going to be uh, hopefully a life-changing book to read about books, which is great. Uh, so yeah, Jeff, thanks a lot. Jeff, thank you so much for having me back. It's so uh, nice to be invited back to know that I didn't screw up badly enough the first time <laughs> to never be invited back again. But seriously, thank you. I appreciate you getting the word out about Read to Lead. And for that action step this week, of course, read every single day. Five minutes is all it takes, so start small, but read daily. This simple habit can spark new ideas, get your creativity moving, and become the spark you need to boost your career and expand your potential. And of course, pick up your copy of Read to Lead to learn how to optimize this life-changing habit. JeffSanders.com slash 408 is the place to go to get the episode notes and links, and also go to 5AMMiracle.com to join the 5AM Club and get free email updates about the show and some free gifts. That's all I've got for you here on the 5AM Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? 
You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.